Welcome to episode three of Professional Builders Smith and Jones podcast. I'm Lee Jones, editor of Professional Builder magazine. In this instalment, we hear from Steel Blue about the importance of the right safety footwear on site and what the company's range offers the trades. We also talk to Bill Hill, CEO of the Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity about mental health and what the charity is doing to address the issue and support individuals and families in crisis. But first, Terry Smith offers his fascinating facts about feet. They come in a myriad of quirky shapes and sizes and have been described as the defining feature of humanity. We would certainly be in a very different place without them. Here are 10 facts to keep your feet firmly on the ground. One quarter of your body's bones are in your feet. Each foot has 33 joints, 26 bones, 19 muscles and more than 100 ligaments. Remember David Beckham and his famous broken metatarsal? If your whole foot touches the ground when you stand, you have flat feet. You would not have been allowed to fight in the Second World War, but it is no longer regarded as a barrier to joining the UK's armed forces. 75% of people will experience foot problems in their lifetime. Around 5% of people have corns and calluses, and around the same number have fungal infections and ingrown toenails as the result of ill-fitting shoes and poor personal hygiene. No one really knows why, but toenails actually grow much slower than fingernails. 60% of all foot injuries in people over 18 are sprains and strains. Skin on the soles of your feet is noticeably thicker than anywhere else on the human body. Each foot has more than 250,000 sweat glands and can produce a mind-boggling half a pint of moisture a day. Cheesy feet indeed. Standing still is more tiring than walking because you actually only use a few muscles when still, whereas walking distributes the weight and effort over more muscles. In a lifetime, it is reckoned that you will take the equivalent steps to walk around the world five times, or 110,000 miles. Hi, Charles here. I'm the editor of Professional Builder with Smith & Jones. I'm just jumping in here to let you know that we're about to hear from this episode's headline sponsor, Steel Blue. Making sure you're wearing the right footwear on site is vital, not just to avoid injury, but also to benefit from all-day comfort. John Cooper, Steel Blue's UK and Ireland area manager, outlines what the brand can offer builders. So Steel Blue was formed um, over 28 years ago, originating from Perth in Australia uh, back in 1995, founded by five directors who work within the industry and I basically wanted to make a difference to the safety footwear market and make the world's most comfortable and premium safety boot. With along with one of our founding directors, Ross Fitzgerald, who still works in the business today, two of our directors actually worked and played uh, for Aussie Rules in Aussie Rules. So they, they brought that team ethos into Steel Blue. And along with the constant product development, uh, Steel Blue in Australia quickly became a household name as it is today. And where we found ourselves Today, we still have been worn globally via our manufacturing facilities, via several locations globally. Also, of course, here in the UK and in Sheffield, where we have our offices and warehousing. 
So how important is safety footwear that's fit for purpose? And what, what are the implications for tradespeople of making bad choices then? It's all about getting the right footwear for the job um, and understanding what the footwear does for you and, and how it protects you. Safe footwear is, is measured and how it protects you. So it can start with a, what we call an SB product. The guys and girls out there might have seen when they're, they're going into various locations, these SB, S1, S2, S3. And basically, they, they, they start an SB, so which is a, a safety basic product, which offers the basic protection around your foot. So that's a toe cap. And they go up to S2, S3, and then your S4 and S5 becomes reserved for your Wellington boots, as an example. Still blue opted for a standard S3 rating across this range in, in the UK. Now that gives you not only protection around your toe, but also the slip resistance and also midsole penetration for those nails that are sticking up for your onside that you always end up, ne you'll never see and end up treading on. In terms of implications of making bad choices around your safety footwear, it's of course the risk of, of bad injury, potential time off work, you know, for those that are self-employed, for example. The long-term effects of, of poor footwear can lead to long-term back and leg, leg issues as well. That we have and continue to work with leading podiatry associations to continuously improve our footwear. You've already mentioned some of the features of Steel Blue Safety Boots there, but what other technologies will improve the experience for the wearer? There are, there are many things that we do as, as our aims of a premium and durable and comfortable work boot. From the materials we use, working with outside health and professional bodies, as well as our own drive to bring a premium experience to our customers. We have features such as our Trisol Comfort technology, which was developed to cushion your feet and, and, and absorb shock when you're on site, uh, when you're working away, to give the body a, a great foundation. Included in that technology in our Trisol technology is our author rebound footbed to keep you on your feet all day. Designed to cushion, cradle and support your entire foot from heel to toe. Well, alongside this, we also use a soft and flexible pour-on cushion inserts, which you can find in popular trainer brands, as well as our fresh quad-lock hygiene treatment uh, to keep your feet free from odour-causing bacteria and fungus. How does Steel Blue ensure the quality of their work boots? Our boots are going through various tests in both internal and with outside test bodies, but second to this, our process within our factories with one such feature that we're able to trace every pair and the process that it went through in our factories with our unique batch number that is found in every steel blue boot. So what models are particularly suited to the trades from the steel blue range then? Yeah, all of our models are built and designed for women and men of all trades. Uh, we readily get feedback from men and women who wear our boots day in, day out, as we constantly look to improve our footwear. Our sand colour products, along with our Southern Cross and Parks products, which incorporate a zip, um, are very popular with, with a lot of trades. This gives ease for tradesmen and women to take off the boots, you know, for example, if they're going to a customer's house. But also, you know, after a long, hard day on your feet uh, and you simply want to take your boots off, you can just unzip them. Tell us about your 100% comfort guarantee then. Our 30-day comfort guarantee, again, comes from our drive to produce the most comfortable safety boot in the world, but also our belief in our product. It's as simple as when the boot is bought from one of our approved distributors that can be found via our website. If within 30 days you're not happy with the boots, you can return them and we'll either give you money back or our approved distributor will organise, say, a different model or a different size to suit needs. Alongside this, we also give a six-month warranty to all the boots. 
Finally then, John, we, we understand you also provide a few accessories. Yeah, absolutely. To complement our range of, of, of boots, we, we offer bamboo socks, along with dubbing laces to support the boots for our customers. Um, as well as this, we work with our customers to give away radios and, and being an Aussie company at heart, it's rude not to give away a barbecue or two. So our, the listeners should look out for promotions with our approved distributors. Thanks, John. There's lots of very useful information for every trade there. For more information on the Steel Blue range, visit steelblue.com forward slash TV. Just as you will be looking out for your colleagues' physical well-being on site, you should also be mindful of their mental health. Professional builders Terry Smith explains some of the telltale signs. It's been described as a silent crisis and the construction industry is at the very forefront of a mental health epidemic with males shockingly three times more likely to commit suicide than in other sectors. Two tradespeople take their lives every day. That's more than 700 annually, and around 70 million days off sick are also lost, costing the UK economy in excess of £700 billion. And latest year-on-year statistics show that it's getting worse as the financial pressures of both everyday life experiences and those found on terrestrial-fueled building sites intensifies. I never realised there was a problem until it was too late is an all too familiar cry from shocked employees and bereft families who have lost loved ones in recent times. So what are the telltale signs to look for in someone who may be struggling to keep depression at bay? Is, for instance, a previously reliable, always punctual employee regularly starting to turn up late for work, is less productive than usual and goes missing for periods of the working day? Are there discernible signs that an individual is less focused on the task in hand and is easily distracted? Is self-confidence and self-worth becoming an issue, always putting themselves down in front of colleagues? Are they isolating themselves from their fellow workers at tea breaks and social gatherings? Are they becoming more likely to unexpectedly flare up or become easily embroiled in disagreements with those in authority? Do they appear overwhelmed and flustered by what are considered simple instructions? Is their physical appearance becoming noticeably dishevelled and generally unkempt? Do they dwell on negatives or become unhealthily obsessed about world events? Has their own personal circumstances recently changed, such as going through a divorce, family bereavement, childcare concerns or perhaps sexuality issues? All of these things can push someone suffering from depression to the brink. Are there obvious signs of substance abuse, such as alcohol on the breath, close smelling of drugs or noticeable signs of unexplained weight loss and ruddy complexions? We're now going to discuss what has been characterised as a mental health crisis with an organisation that's on the front line. Bill Hill, CEO of the Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity, exposes the scale of the problem amongst the trades. Ask any builder what they think the industry's biggest killer is and they will invariably answer that it falls from height, when it is in fact suicide. Tragically, an average of two construction workers each and every day are taking their own lives but the Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity is determined to provide intervention and support. The scale is quite, quite considerable and uh, it, it goes back and it manifests itself in, in how the industry takes its shape. I mean, I think everybody knows that the rewards in the industry are really high, but so are the risks. And, and every year we lose around about 30 to 40 individuals from on-site fatalities. There's around about 2,000 major accidents that uh, cause people to be injured in such a way they can't actually go back to work and do the job that they used to do. 
There's a massive issue with uh, occupational cancer, going back to asbestosis. But I think the thing that really shocked the industry was uh, around about 2017 in the Farmer Review, the Stevenson Farmer Review of 2017, came out that the industry had a poor state of mental ill health. And what we're seeing is there's around about 20% of all recorded work-related absence is to do with stress, anxiety, or depression, which is pretty huge. And, and that's the ones that are just recorded because many people may not state on the reason why they're off work is, is because of that, because of the stigma that's attached. And, and the thing that really hit the industry big time was the suicide rate. Um, when you distill the suicide rate down, and we've done a lot of work with um, Caledonian University in Glasgow uh, on this, when you distill that down, we're seeing two construction workers every working day are taking their own life. So there's a big, big issue to, to grapple with and to try and really move the dials on it. It is quite substantial. So why do you think that the construction industry has this particular issue with mental health? What is what it is about the industry itself? Well, I think the very first thing is that the maths doesn't help us. And let me explain that. There's roughly 6,000 suicides in the UK every year. 5,000 of those are men. So the vast majority of suicides are men. Then when you couple that with the fact that 87% of the population of construction are men, so in that population, you can see the mass is going to be always higher in, in our industry. And then you add on some of the environmental effects as well, where they're working away from home on projects for long periods of time. They don't get back to their families and networks and friends, which can be quite difficult to, to, to manage relationships. Um, they're often staying in not wonderful accommodation, sometimes staying in caravans or, or you know, pretty ropey bed and breakfast to keep the cost down because they have to pay for that themselves. The diet's not good, quite heavy smoking, quite heavy drinking. And so there's lots of these in, environmental factors. But probably one of the biggest ones is the fact that 53% of the population that work inside construction are either self-employed, agency workers are on zero-hour contracts. So it's a very, very high stress level for continuity of income because these people get lifted and laid a lot of the time on and off project on the time. So to get that continuity of income to manage a family or whatever income unit you're needing, trying to support is hugely difficult. You mentioned a male-dominated industry there. Would it, would it help to have more female involvement, then, do you think? Absolutely. And the industry is trying desperately hard to, to encourage that. I mean, everything now from a health and safety point of view, um, from where it be lifting a bag of cement to, to doing any other type of labour or even trades, have all now been accommodated so that, that either sex can, can do the job properly. But we're still finding it very difficult to get uh, more women into the industry for, for all sorts of reasons um, as well. One there's not an awful lot of flexible working. Now, I think that is changing because COVID, when it came along, the pandemic came along, the industry had to switch to flexible working. Also, the pandemic did a huge favour as well because a lot of the sites, pretty unhygienic from you know the facilities that are on sites, let's put it that way. And, and because they had to clean up the right there as well from a hygiene factor. So the pandemic did a couple of things to help encourage uh, the right environment to bring more women into the industry. But there's still a huge amount to be done. And would it make a difference? Absolutely. The more diversity and inclusion we can have 
in the industry, the better it will be for the overall mental health of the individuals in the industry. The, the pandemic also, of course, had a huge negative impact on all of our mental health, to one to a greater or lesser extent. What, what impact are you seeing the pandemic have on mental health, but also things like the cost of living crisis as well? Has there been an uptick in, in mental health issues in the sector? Because of that? Yeah, when the, the shutters came down in March uh, with the pandemic, um, our helpline went red hot uh, because everybody was worried about the, the, the financial situation predominantly the financial situation, because at that time, if you were uh, self-employed, the, the conditions about how to get access to funding if you were self-employed were n- not really straightened out for at least four or five months after uh, that day. So so there was a huge amount of stress. But construction was one of the first industries to get back to work. And so that was helpful. But initially, that was that was that was really hard. But a lot of companies and individuals really found it very hard. And again, we've done some of the, the statistics on suicides during that period of time. And if we compare construction to all other industries, all other industries stayed absolutely static through that period of time. And the number of suicides in construction went up. So it had a pretty substantial effect. And now, as a consequence of the inflationary crisis, that's going on, we are seeing our, our helpline again turning red hot. In fact, last month, we saw the highest number of calls coming into our helpline than we've ever received in one month before. Um, and the vast majority are struggling with finance. But then when you start digging under the covers, those financial problems give you mental health issues of all the stress, anxiety and depression as well. If you do not have an income to be able to support yourself, it adds all of these other mental health issues as well. So you made reference to your helpline there. Can you tell us about some of the other ways that you're addressing the financial and emotional triggers that can lead to mental health problems? Yeah, so so we, we've got five key services uh, we, we de- deliver as a charity, completely free to, to anyone in construction. So, so our vision is that no construction worker or their family should be alone in a crisis. And all our services are there to give any individual in construction or their family uh, a comfort blanket around them to be able to contact us to get support or a safety net, let's call it a safety net, where they will not fall below. Um, And the five key services are, are first of all, we deliver a 24-7 helpline. It's absolutely confidential. Nobody else but us knows what's going on here. Um, And we deliver emotional uh, support, physical help and support and financial help and support. So so we will buy food for somebody's family and get it on the table. Or if a white good fails, we will get a, a new fridge or a new cooker uh, and install it for them as well if they're really struggling. So we do things like that on the helpline. If people are not confident enough to, to make the phone call, because some people don't feel comfortable about doing that, then we've got a, a text service. So text hard hat gets you through to a counsellor Um, again, to give you help and support through that problem. The third service is a lovely little app. It's like a wellbeing app called the Construction Industry Helpline app. And if you download that, it's full of information, advice and guidance, and it guides you through a whole set of information to get you signposted to get the help as well. So it's like a self-learning tool. It has coping strategies in it as well and how to learn about the conditions. And, And the final service is one we're very proud of, is that what we've done is we've uh, pulled together uh, a nationwide network of beacons to help people to, to, they can go to these beacons when they're working away from home to get help and support. 
And, and finally, we've also got a training program, um, the Wellbeing Academy. And again, people who want to self-learn and learn things about resilience, work-life balance, coping with stress, uh, managing addiction, all of those courses are available to them completely free of charge. They can log in and get access to those as well. So what we need to do is basically get that message out to as many as possible. You've also been running some specific campaigns, haven't you, on, on mental health itself, help inside the hard hat and make it visible. Can you tell us a bit more about how some of those are working? Help Inside the Hard Hat we launched a couple of years ago and the, the idea there was basically to get a message out onto the sites uh, that the helpline is is available and we've had some really good partners in that the Considerate Constructor Scheme in the UK and the CIF in Ireland have, have helped us get those posters to site. And and they were they were there. The very first tranche of those posters was was bringing home the idea of suicide um, as well. You know, like he was always the one that made us laugh, but one day we all started crying, sort of type thing. So it's just bringing that message to the individuals on site. The second tranche of help aside the hard hat was opening up the issues that may have led somebody to that. Like, are you struggling with finance? Have you got a relationship problem? You know, help us inside the hard hat phone this number. So, so that has been going for a couple of years. The new program that we're working on now is is make it visible, and and it's really bringing that um, whole drive of bringing well being uh, in construction and making it visible in sight on every site. And this is an industry wide program. This is not just a lighthouse program. We've managed uh, to to work at the next level up, which is trying to pull the industry together into one cohesive program because there's some fantastic work being done in this area but it's not cohesive it's not working together everybody seems to have their own brand of it and and the whole idea of make it visible is is to to drop the brands and try and turn a moment into a movement is what we're trying to do here and and it'll be the make it visible movement where everybody can get behind one message one sound because we do not believe that well-being should have intellectual property. We just need the industry to work together on basically what is a major welfare and well-being program for the workforce and do it together. It's all about looking after your people the best you can when they come on site. Is it also about dragging the issue into the open then? Is that one of the principles to get getting people talking about it and, and reducing the stigma that's attached to mental health? Absolutely. We have got two huge problems with this issue to overcome. One is awareness of the services that are available. And there are lots of great services, not just from Lighthouse, but from other organisations as well, that are available to, to many people. So it's getting that awareness out there. And the second thing is breaking down the stigma about talking about this. And uh, we've got a lovely programme we, we launched last year. We called it Make It Visible On Site. And uh, what it is, is two tradesmen, now we've got four tradesmen, but uh, two vans. And uh, these tradesmen go on site and they actually have a, um, a stand down day on site and they talk to the what I call the boots on the ground, the guys that need our help the most. And uh, they, they start opening up the dialogue. They, they have actually all got lived experience themselves. So they talk about their story. And because they're tradesmen, then the people on the ground really empathise with them because it's people like us. You know, you're one of us. So therefore, it opens up the conversation. And that is probably the best 
initiative that we have ever done as a charity because it's just uh, amazing the feedback we're getting from it. And, and also, what is also uh, just overwhelmingly wonderful is that during the course of last year, uh, we had, I think we went to about 173 sites. We saw over 8,000 uh, workers on the ground. And in amongst that, we made 25 critical interventions where an individual has come up to the lads and said to them, I'm looking at finishing my life. And then we've got them into immediate counselling and, and actually turned them around. Now, I, I, we can't put a price on that. that. I mean, that to me is is just exactly what we should be doing. Uh, you know, so I can genuinely say that the, uh, the Make It Visible uh, on-site programme has saved lives. Can't do any more than that. Finally then, well, what, what do you think the industry needs to do now to, to really tackle the issue and, and to improve the situation, to get that horrible figure of, of, of two suicides a day down? I think I, I am probably at the most optimistic I've ever been about seeing the industry working together and, and working together on this Make It Visible programme. When we launched that, we had nearly, I think it was about nearly 900 people signed up watching the launch webinar. Uh, we had over 450 turn up to that. We've got 150 volunteers who immediately said we want to give our time to, to make it happen. And these are from big named companies as well. So, so the industry is, is now saying, actually, we need to work together to make this work. And, and we started off a programme of activity saying, well, what can we do about reactive services, proactive services, Culture change, that's the big one. We, we need to work really hard. And it's, not a, it's not a short-term fix. It's a long-term fix. It's how do we get the culture change within the industry and how do we change that? Because that's where we need to move it to. We need more diversity inclusion. We need to make it a better place for young people to be attracted. There's 40,000 a year shortage of skilled labour for the next five years in the industry. So we need to make it an attractive industry for young people to come and, and join it because it is a good career. So there's, there's lots of things to do. But but the three things I always ask people to do when, when I'm talking them to face-to-face, -face, it says, you today can make a difference by just doing these three things. One is if you see somebody in trouble and you've got antenna, you can, you can see when somebody's struggling. Don't ask them once, are they okay? Ask them twice. And, and if you are going to ask them, please, please, please listen non-judgmentally when they, when they try and, and give you some sort of uh, response back. So be non-judgmental. And, and the very third little thing is be kind. There's no reason to be unkind to another human being any, anywhere, especially if it's one of your work colleagues. So those three little nuggets, anybody could start using that today and that will change the culture if everybody followed those three little things. They're difficult, but they can be done. The Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity is involved in some very vital work. And if you want to find out more, visit lighthouseclub.org. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Professional Builders Podcast. If you've got a story to tell, or want to get involved in our podcast, email me at ljones at homerville.co.uk.